0: And welcome to the latest installment of the Sea Trade, Maritime and Shipping podcast. You're listening to a mini series called Hong Kong Focus, which has kindly been sponsored by InvestHK. This mini series is three parts, with each one looking in depth at a different area of Hong Kong maritime trade and seeing where we are in 2020 and how COVID 19 has affected its place within the shipping world. Editor Marcus Hand, who I'm sure is a familiar voice to you by now, is the moderator for this mini series. And in this episode today, he is joined by Benjamin Wong, who is the head of maritime cluster at Invest Hong Kong. So let's now dive into the chat. And at this point, Marcus has just asked Benjamin to list his top three reasons for companies to consider Hong Kong as a maritime centre. Here's Benjamin.
1: First of all, location, location, location. The gravity of the shipping world has a very substantial presence in the Northern Asia. Now, 90% of shipbuilding is done in China, in Japan, in Korea. And then for ship-owning economies, we have the second, third, and fifth economies in Northern Asia that include China, Japan, and also Hong Kong. So Hong Kong, actually, we have the best location for Asia. Besides taking care of the northern Asia, because we're right in the middle of North and South Asia, now uh, Hong Kong is also one of the top five owning economies. And then we have Singapore Town South being the fourth largest ship-owning economy. So actually, being based in Hong Kong, we have the best location. You can move the company, you can move the people, but you cannot move the city. Now, also, we have the best connectivity in Asia. For China, again, you know, such a big and important market and also a supplier in the shipping world, we have high-speed rail access to mainland, and then with the rest of the world, we have the best and also very high frequency connection by the airport. The Hong Kong airport connects to 220 destinations. And then in terms of the workforce, also we have the best mobility. Now again, going into mainland China, we have the home return permits for Hong Kong citizens and then Hong Kong passports. Actually, we have 170 countries with visa-free arrangements. So very important connectivity and also a location. Second reason is because uh, we have a very good simple and low tax regime. Now this year, we just passed the zero tax regime for ship leasing. Also, we have zero tax on charter higher income for ocean-going vessel income. And then also uh, zero sales tax, zero dividend tax, zero withholding tax. So when you talk about tax with so many zeros, you know that you are at the right place. And then the third reason is because of the very sound legal system. Now we have inherited the common law system from UK, and needless to say, the oldest traditional maritime law actually is from UK. And then BIMCO this year also named Hong Kong as the fourth arbitration venue, so this is very important. And then also this year we have started this interim measure with mainland China, making arbitration much easier. These three reasons again is only from. Many, many different reasons. But I think uh, probably these three are the most important ones.
2: Thank you, Benjamin. I think they're quite compelling, really, the sort of three that you chose there. Yeah, I understand obviously there are a lot of reasons that Hong Kong makes for being a great maritime center and place to invest in as a shipping company. Obviously, this year has been a a little bit different. You've had the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. How has this impacted the ability of Hong Kong and yourselves to promote Hong Kong as a maritime center?
1: This year is very different from the time before. With COVID-19, Hong Kong being an open economy, we are not immune from the negative impact of this. So we all have to brace ourselves for the eventuality of a overall negative growth brought by this pandemic. Earlier, our financial secretary has made some statistics or forecast that the city's economy will be shrunk by 8% and the unemployment rates for May to July is around 6.1 percent now is for may and july so probably as the time go by probably would worsen even more against all odds the port of hong kong the throughput actually we've seen some positive sign for the um, june and july these two months actually we've seen a positive growth comparing to the same period last year so for july actually we had 3.3 percent higher throughputs Comparing to July 2019, so actually is a bit of a positive aspect of that. Now, pandemic actually, in a way, it actually has reinforced Hong Kong's role as an international maritime centre. Of course, business side is very difficult. But then, I think with this pandemic, there are a lot of disputes arising from, for example, delayed cargo, port closure, and then a lot of discussions on force majeure, river six, standards. But now Hong Kong actually has reinforced this, but we have very strong legal professionals over here, not only from, say, UK or USA, but then also from mainland China. So actually this... Is very conducive when there are disputes arising from this, because we've got different kind of petitioners from different places, all working over here in Hong Kong. And then I think it also reinforced belief that the Hong Kong workforce, work ethics is very high. I think Hong Kong workforce is famous for working long hours, even after office hours. Even now, when we are working from home, actually a lot of people are still working long hours and just different places still sticking to the computer at home and doing all the work. And this is the time that we have a lot more urgent responses needed and a lot more ad hoc cases. So dedicated staff is what you need this time. And then technology backbone is also very important because now without physical traveling, then actually the uh, communication is very important. So the 5G readiness and all the backbone technology actually is very important. One point is that we need to focus on the recovery. And earlier, I read Economist article. It has a forecast of how different economy is going to fare the end of this year and also next year. From that forecast, China is the only country which has forecasted to have a positive GDP around three percent. Now, mainland China is our hinterland and probably our most important business partner. And they are now talking about the dual circulation which means the international circulation and also internal circulation now this is probably going to be a new trading pattern for the next few years and i think what we need to do is to position ourselves to this new pattern and of course with this dual circulation no matter it's international or internal there will be demand for energy demand for raw material and all this actually Hong Kong being out of China and also the doorstep of China, actually we will be able to position ourselves for this new trading pattern.
0: I hope you're enjoying the conversation between Marcus Hand and Benjamin Wong. I just wanted to interrupt to tell you how this episode of the Hong Kong Focus has been kindly sponsored by InvestHK. Now, should you wish to discover more about them, then visit www investhk.gov.hk. Right now, I want to take you back to the conversation. Here's Marcus.
2: Another thing that I think has been seen as good news this year, and that has been the ship leasing initiative, which we recently did the webinar on. So just a little bit, I wanted to ask you about why Hong Kong has targeted the area of ship leasing particularly.
1: Now, let me recap a bit on the tax regime first for those audience they may not be aware of. This tax regime is that for the tax rate on the ship leasing profit, it will be 0%, which will be including both operating and finance lease. For the tax rate of ship leasing managers, the tax rate will also be 0% if the company is associated with the lessor or 8.25% for non-associated companies. Now, the reason for that. A few years ago, actually, we started the aircraft leasing tax regime, and that has proven to be very successful. And the natural step actually is to also uh, include ship leasing, because a lot of lessors actually they have portfolios covering both aircraft and ships. Now, the rationale for doing this in Hong Kong actually. I believe it is even more convincing than the aircraft leasing. Now, one thing, Hong Kong has long been a ship financing hub and also a very strong financial services platform. It is important for that is upstream, we will be able to provide a lot of investors from the market for the ship leasing companies. And then downstream, then we will also have the market for securitization of the ship leasing portfolio. So we will be able to provide kind of like a one-stop shop from upstream to ship easing to also the downstream ones. I mentioned earlier, actually, uh, the gravity of the uh, shipping world. Now, actually, Asia has a very strong gravitational pull for that. Asia, in terms of ship owning, we own over 50% of the world fleet. Now, from the second to the fifth, biggest ship-owning nations or economies actually is all in Asia, Japan, China, 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 Singapore, and Hong Kong. And by China itself, actually ship-owning is over uh, 15%. Also for shipbuilding, over 90% of the world fleet is built by China, Korea, and also Japan. So the uh, gravity is here. And why leasing? Because actually for the European bank financing actually it's been dropping for the past 15 years. If you look at say 2008, actually the European bank financing portfolio was about 80% of the world. But by now it's dropped to less than 60%. Whereas the Chinese leasing banks actually has been increasing its market share to 20%. So the potential for the Hong Kong as Asia and China's chip leasing hub actually is very strong. We hoping that in 10 years' time, we will be able to capture
2: 12% of the global ship financing market. So that's our goal. 12%, that's quite an ambitious goal. It seems like a really positive initiative though. So going sort of beyond the ship leasing business, kind of looking ahead here, are there any other specific areas of maritime that the Hong Kong government or invest on? In? Hong Kong is sort of looking at for opportunities in terms of inward investment into the Hong Kong maritime? I think technology is one very
1: important area for the shipping industry and also actually overall for all industries. Now, specifically for the shipping industry, COVID-19, the pandemic actually is becoming like a catalyst for shipping technology requirement, especially for communication and also crew management. Now, I think for the crew management, we see the issue of crews being stuck on board and a lot of discussions on the mental health of the crew. Now, I think there are two sides to it. One side is that when the crew, they are on board, no matter for how long, if they are able to be connected with the families and friends on shore, that for sure it will be very positive for their mental health. Now, this actually presents an opportunity with the technology in terms of communication. Because we all know, although the, there are Wi-Fi connections on board, but actually is quite restrictive. And if we are able with technology to develop into something much more uh, versatile, then actually it would be very good and useful. And also, the communication can also be uh, used for um, the crew management. No matter it is within on board on the ship or in terms of the management of the ship from onshore to on board. So um, this is something that the technology can do. And then at the same time, our government actually has very strong uh, financial schemes to support technology, no matter it's startups or uh, proven technology. And now, with the shipping economy, we have the uh, IMO 2020, which is already uh, started. So, we've got ship owners and operators that have decided whether they will go for uh, dual fuel or uh, scrubber. But then, we also have the IMO 2050 coming up. It sounds like a long time, but actually uh, I think for those uh, in the industry would all agree that actually uh, it's not as long as it seems. uh, Because actually if you're looking at the life cycle of a ship, actually probably you need to uh, build some new ships which will be uh, meeting the requirement of uh, 2050 actually in 10 years time. With 90% of the ships being built here in Asia, and actually, it's quite normal for us to uh, look at the possibility of this kind of ship tax and also new fuels, normally it's ammonia or hydrogen or dual fuel. So actually to have developed this kind of technology over here. So of course, I think for Hong Kong, we're very dedicated to technology. And next door, we have the tech giants, for example, Huawei, Tencent, and also mainland China, we have very comprehensive universities. So actually, I think um, this technology is one thing that we should focus on. And the other element, which we are looking at, is also the Greater Bay Area. Now, uh, the Greater Bay Area, uh, a lot of people know already, is 71 million people and also 1.6 trillion US dollars. Now, of course, uh, it means a lot of business and investment opportunity, but then specifically for shipping, probably we should look at making use of Hong Kong for uh, ship financing and also as an international connector to the shipping community. But then with GBA, the greater Bay area, I think we can take an even broader scope looking at the ocean economy. Now, Hong Kong is a very small place. So if you're looking at the big data, it generates actually is quite limited. But then if you look at the big data generated by the Greater Bay Area, then actually we will be able to make use of that actually for, for example, weather forecast, which is very important for the shipping world, or for example, predictive ship repair. This actually is important also because actually helps to maintain the ships and also I think In some areas, actually, some people, whenever they talk about ships, they will think of a rusty bucket with a lot of black smoke. I think um, ship repair, it is being done with a predictive pattern. Then actually, um, the image of the shipping wall can also be improved. And then it can also be carbon trading. Now, that could be done leveraging on Hong Kong's financial platform also. So actually, um, I think the greater Bay area presents a lot of opportunities, which could also be linked to technology. So uh, I think for the uh, future, actually, I think technology and GPA will be some areas that we are looking at.
2: Just on the Greater Bay Area, how much progress has been made on that so far in terms of maritime?
1: From this uh, Greater Bay Area office set up by the Hong Kong government. And we also have a study done by uh, one of the advisors hired by one of our units called ECO. Policy Innovation and Coordination Unit. This was done earlier this year, but then, of course, with COVID-19, all this have been stopped. But actually, we are still working with the other 10 cities because of Bay area, we have 11 cities. So actually, we are talking with them and see how we can bring this forward. Of course, hopefully, with the traveling bubble ready and also then we will be able to go ahead with the other initiatives. At this point of time, on the Greater Bay Area, we are focusing on the mobility of the people and also mobility of the resources.
0: Benjamin and Marcus, thank you. I think Benjamin Wong has really outlined some very important and valid reasons for Hong Kong to be a key location for the sea trade maritime industry in 2020 and beyond. This episode is part of our Hong Kong mini-series, which has kindly been brought to you by our sponsors InvestHK. Should you wish to discover more about them, then visit www.investhk.gov.hk. We've really enjoyed bringing you this mini-series covering Hong Kong, its challenges, its growth, and how they're doing different things within the industry. So please do head to the Sea Trade Maritime website where you'll discover more. And while you're on our website, I'd like to point out to you that over the coming weeks, we'll have a series of webinars where amongst a whole host of topics, we'll be looking at logistics and infrastructure, sustainability and future fuels. If you're looking for something more immediate though, I'd really like to point you in the direction of our special reports. Now, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast there'll be more coming in the near future so do make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and now amazon so you'll be one of the first to hear the episode thank you and i hope you have a good day